Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. of the Cellcast, the animated series. Joining me today is a man who's just really, really excited to see his heroes. Welcome, Jacob. Ah, oh my gosh, this is exciting. <laughs> I couldn't help myself this boiler, but yeah, why thank you and let me introduce our co-host, the man who... Uh, you had to stumble into that portal, didn't you? It looked inviting. Next time, just don't listen to Mariner. I know not to do this. This is <laughs> She's not the one who suggested it, if you remember. Yes, I know. Yeah, today we are reviewing... This is actually our beginning of our yes. review of Season 4 of Star Trek Lower Decks. However, we're not actually reviewing an our a Season 4 episode just yet. Not yet. We're reviewing the Star Trek Lower Decks. No, let me back up. The Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 2, Episode 7. I should have had my notes up. Because <laughs> I'm still in Summer Wars. Yes. <laughs> we are reviewing the Strange New Worlds Season 2, Episode 7, Episode those old scientists. Yes. The crossover episode with Star Trek Lower Decks, mm -hmm. which was directed by Jonathan Frakes and written by Catherine Lynn and Bill Wolkoff. In this episode, an accident while investigating a time portal sends Ensign's Beckett Mariner and Bradward Boimler through time from the 24th century, and Captain Pike and his crew must get them back where they belong before the, they can alter the timeline. Because we normally just give, we, we talk about the guests. Yes. Technically, our Lower Decks crew are the guests on this episode. Yes, they are. So I'm actually going to just talk about the main cast. Okay. So who they are. We've got Captain Christopher Pike being played by Anson Mount. Mm -hmm. Science Officer Spock being played by Ethan Peck. Christine Chapel being played by Jess Bush. La'an Noonien Singh being played by Christina Chong. Nioto Ohura being played by Celia Rose Gooding. Mm -hmm. Erica Ortegas as Melissa Not. I wrote, read that backwards. Melissa Navia as Erica Ortegas. And I apologize for the mispronunciation of this name. I'm surely about to give it. Babs Olusenmoken as Joseph Mbenga. Mm. That's a tough one. 
Rebecca Romjan as Luna Chin Riley, mm-hmm. first officer, and Carol Kane as Palia, yeah. the chief engineer. The chief engineer. Of course, we also have Tawny Newsom as Beckett Mariner. Jack Quaid as Brad Boimler. Noel Wells as the voice of Devon Attendee. Eugene Cordero as the voice of Sam Rutherford. And at the very last minute, Jerry O'Connell as the voice of Jack Ransom. And the special, the, the only guest in this episode, this is his only time, Greg Brick as Har Karras. That is the Orion captain. That's right. So when I, on Lower Decks Reviews, talk about new people, I kind of try to explain who the background of who these characters yes. are. This is a lot of characters to go over, so yeah. bear with me. But before I get into that, I have to talk about where Star Trek Strange New Worlds actually comes from. Mm. Are you aware that Star Trek, the original series, had two pilots? Yes, I'm aware of that. And that Pike mm-hmm. is from the first pilot that got rejected by NBC. Yes. It, this would be an interesting little caveat of trivia had they not Star Trek, uh, the original series, season one, not been one episode short budget-wise. Hmm. When they realized, when they were getting close to the end of season one's production, they realized they were going to be one episode short in terms of money. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't go back and ask for more money for whatever reason. Yeah. So to save money, what they did is they took the cage, they took the budget for that one episode and used it to, first of all, colorize the episode because the cage was filmed in black and white. Ah. Uh, film just a couple of bookend scenes to set up the story of this is the menagerie parts one and two and film enough stuff and cut it up to where it actually made the only two-parter of the original series. Hmm. And uh, Jeffrey Hunter was the played Pike in that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did not return to sit in the wheelchair in menagerie though. That's okay. they've got somebody else to play that version of, of, them because uh sometime after this episode pike will be in a horrible accident that will cause uh from when he's actually saving some cadets yeah who uh and and in the process of that he gets stuck in in this uh chamber and with the radiation everything pretty much is almost dead Mm. so most of the menagerie is actually explaining to kirk why spock stole the enterprise to get pike where he's taking him which is a direct violation of like a higher order than the prime directive because mm. the planet talos 4 where they're going is like super quarantined basically because humans don't need that kind of thing True. go back and watch the episodes they are good but that's basically all we knew about pike before strain before discovery season two mm. Well, outside of, you know, Bruce Greenwood playing him in the Abramsverse films. Yes, of course. Uh, the only other two actors from the ca- or characters from the cage that made it to Strange New Worlds was Spock, of course, mm-hmm. being the only character who survived the first pilot to being mm-hmm. the rest of the series. Uh, of course, in the original, being played by Leonard Nimoy. Mm-hmm. And number one. That's only the only thing we knew of her character at the time. Oh, okay. 
her character is the most uh what's the word i'm looking for uh influenced mm. by uh extended universe content okay. because that's where they get where she got the name una chin riley was from those okay from, from that and they just made it canon because why not all your work's done for you and this is essentially what everyone's assuming mm -hmm. so yeah uh of course uh that was major barrett who played her in the original in the cage major barrett of course being the wife of gene roddenberry didn't know that the creator of star trek oh okay and she does actually major barrett does have a role in the original series where she because she played christine chapel hmm who was in love with Spock, if you remember, in this episode. That's right, yeah. Uh, of course, that now being played that by was Jeff just Bush. weird. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, I will I will point this out because I want to explain one little reference in here. Okay. Um, Una, Una Chen Riley, yeah, Una Chen Riley is an Illyrian. That is, means she's she, she, she's lucky enough that her, she, well, that species, when they go and colonize another planet, mm -hmm. instead of altering the, the environment of that planet to suit them, they use genetic manipulation to alter themselves to fit the planet. Hmm. And if you remember anything dealing with Khan, yeah. you'll know how genetic manipulation is a big no-no in mm -hmm. the Federation now. Yeah. And so she was discovered to be this at the during season one trying not to spoil anything because you did say you might go back and watch this yeah um but and then she got arrested for it at the end of season one mm. and at the beginning uh, in episode two of this season we actually get to see her court martial mm. at one point during the court martial she is asked knowing uh that you would you might be found out and you know be charged with all these with the crimes of all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Why did you still go ahead and join Starfleet? And she answers ad Astra per Aspera, which if you remember was the phrase on the poster. Yeah. Which is Latin for, uh, to the stars through hardship. Hmm. Cause she found it, uh, to be, uh, if she was going to have to, she, I think if I remember correctly, she thought if she knew there was going to be hardship, why not, use that as inspiration to better yourself. And that's okay. why she wanted to join Starfleet. Anyway, uh, obviously as you can probably guess, she got off. Yeah. I won't tell you how. Okay. Because like you, like I said, I think you said you were going to watch. Yeah. Might, you might go back and watch this later. Possibly. Anyway, quickly going through everybody else. Uh, already mentioned that, uh, Christine Chapel is in love with Spock. This mm -hmm. is something from the original series. Okay. Uh, one of the other original series characters, the big one, uh, Nichelle Nichols, not Nichelle Nichols, uh, Uhura, mm -hmm. who was originally played by Nichelle Nichols, uh, in this in this uh, franchise, because this is like still a good ten years before the original series. Yeah, uh, she is just fresh out of Starfleet Academy, okay. and she's considered a prodigy in the communications field. Okay, that's why she's still trying to prove herself. Yeah, throughout this episode, uh, the doctor on the ship, Joseph Mbenga. Mm -hmm. He is also an original series character, but he only showed up in two episodes. And since he's chief medical officer right now, I would still love to know why he's not chief medical officer in the original series because mm -hmm. and works under McCoy, which is I'm curious on yeah. the reasoning behind this, but we'll find out. Yeah. Um, 
blowing up. Uh, Erica Ortegas is one of the new actors, new characters for this. All we know about her is she's a crack pilot and she pilots the ship. They've really not done much with her character yet. Okay. Uh, But the one you texted me about. Oh, gosh. La'an Noonien Singh. Yes. She is a descendant of Khan Noonien Singh. The thing is, though, she's also a bit, along with that, she, oh, she's kind of the center of like drama for this in a lot of ways because every bad thing that could have possibly happened to somebody happened to her. Oh, not only what is she having to deal with her unfortunate ancestry, she's also the only survivor of a Gorn attack okay. on her on a colony ship. And, um, Remember the Gorn, if you remember the, yes. the mm-hmm. giant kind of Godzilla-esque monster yeah. that Kirk fought in yeah. at Vasquez Rocks? Yeah. <laughs> or at least that's where they filmed it. Right. They kind of turned them into aliens. Okay. Like xenomorphs. Interesting. And they're a lot scarier now. So, hmm. yeah, I understand why she's a little... Uh, traumatized? Traumatized, yeah, yeah. That would be the word. Last but not least, I'm going to talk about Palea. She is what's known as a Lanthanite, which... This is a new species this, yeah. as of this season. The Lanthanites apparently lived on Earth among humans, and uh, they could not be told, could not be seen as different. People couldn't make a difference of them because yeah. they were able to hide there. Thing is, they live an absurdly long time. Uh, yeah, by her dialogue, yes. Yes. Uh, she was, uh, in a previous episode, we saw her in 20... 30s era earth uh running a junk shop called the archaeology department mm. and uh, i won't get into how we met her in that because that involves some spoilers for that particular episode uh-huh. although i think i have to touch on it a little bit because that's the episode with uh where on noonian singh learns about time travel rules that she talks to Boimler about. Right. Yeah. And you know, she, how Laon mentioned the third one. That's not really a rule, but it's a bit of advice about not forming attachments. Yeah. She broke that rule. Oh, fun <laughs> with, um, Oh, I'll just go ahead and say it. Alternate universe. James T. Kirk, not this universe is James T. Kirk and alternate universe is James T. Kirk. Okay. That's as far as I'm going with okay. that explanation, but she fell in love with him because they made a good team. Uh, he was the first person who treated her like a normal person and didn't immediately react to uh her last name. Yeah. So they got along. Okay. I'm not gonna tell you how that ended. Oh, okay. Well, it's sadly, Kirk. it ended sadly. Uh, okay. I'm about to say it's Kirk, but he's like, yeah, any version of Kirk is to be like, ooh, okay. So well, and Kirk has shown up a couple times in the show in different yeah. forms. But anyway, I think that is it for talking about who everyone else is. Oh, I did forget to mention one of my favorite lines from uh, Palea. Okay. There's an episode. Uh, in, uh, I think it, the episode is, oh yeah, it's the, ep- the name of the episode is Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, in which uh, Palea says uh, that she has a bunker in vermont in case this no money socialist utopia thing turns out to be a fad it's like thank you (laughs) because this is this works too long in the show in my in in this franchise in my opinion yeah anyway 
Getting into real trivia for this. The title originates from the Star Trek Lower Decks episode, No Small Parts, in which Jack Ransom refers to a period of time in the 23rd century as the TOS era. TOS, in this case, standing for those old scientists. We, as fans, though, know TOS to stand for the original series. series. Yeah. This episode is the first episode of any Star Trek show, episode, show to open with a log entry from the perspective of a main character of a different series. Mm -hmm. The star date given by Boimler at the start of this episode would place this episode immediately after the season three, episode six, uh, Here All Trust Nothing. Hmm. That was the uh, one on Deep Space Nine. Uh, okay. This is the second episode of Star Trek to feature both animation and live action together in the yeah. same episode, following the post-credits scene in the Short Treks episode, The Trouble with Edward. Yes. The opening credits for this episode use the same animation style as Lower Decks. As a further nod to the show, the larval space creature, often seen attached to the port nacelle in, on the Cerritos in that show's opening credits, is attached to the same nacelle on the Enterprise. Also, an image of the cosmic koala is also appears in the at the very end. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is the second Star Trek episode to feature 24th century Starfleet officers traveling back in time to the original USS Enterprise, the first being Deep Space Nine's Trials and Tribulations. In that episode, the crew of the USS Defiant generally tried to hide their presence aboard the Enterprise while Boimler and Mariner most definitely do not. Mariner, however, does comment that young Spock is more attractive in person, similar to <laughs> Jadzia Dak's observations in Trials and Tribulations. Boimler mentions that the Enterprise is NCC-1701-nothing, the second time that the lack of hypothetical hyphenated letters in the registry number has been referred to as a mark of distinction and admiration. The other time being in the next generation episode relics where Montgomery Scott asks the USS enterprise, these holodeck to recreate Kirk's original enterprise. Mm. And I quote N C C one seven Oh one. No bloody a B C or D. I love that episode. That was so much fun. That's one of the episodes. Okay, I'd say I, you've seen that episode. I've seen this episode. Okay, I, I remember very when we forced you to watch. Probably, huh? Uh, that's when we forced you to watch. No, probably. no, I remember watching it like when I was younger, oh. when TAS was on the air or TNG. TNG. That's what I meant yeah. to say. The Enterprise is on a mission to deliver tritricaly grain to a Federation colony on Celtic Two. Similar to the mission it would undertake to Sherman's planet with quadrotriticale grain in the original series episode, The Trouble with Tribbles. Both these missions were complicated by unexpected factors, the time portal and Tribbles respectively, and both were interfered with by time travelers, as depicted in this episode in Trials and Tribulations, respectively. Like Sherman's planet, Celtic II is home to a Federation colony near the border with another civilization. While Sherman's planet is near Klingon space, the Celtic system is near the Federation Cardassian border, as established in the Next Generation episode, The Wounded. Although the nature of Federation Cardassian relations in the mid 23rd century is unclear, as Cardassians have not shown up in the show yet. Hmm. 
This is another Star Trek production to feature a Starfleet captain, Pike, celebrating a birthday at an age comparable to their deceased father's age. Hmm. James C. Kirk also simulated celebrated a simulated also simulated also (laughs) celebrated a similar birthday in star trek beyond Hmm. when discussing the consequences of time travel mariner mentions the possibility of ending up in a dystopian san francisco in the middle of a riot this weirdly specific situation as number one puts it is a reference to the events of the deep space nine episode Past tense parts one and two, in which Cisco had to pretend to be a riot leader. Okay. And he gets his face in the history books. Oh, fun. Ortegas mentions an ancient Nausicaan Domjot set at Starbase Earhart. Elements that were all introduced in the Next Generation episode, Tapestry. Hmm. A good episode. Commander Ransom refers to number one as the hottest first officer in Starfleet history. More than likely, this is a reference to the fact that Jerry O'Connell, who voices Commander Jack Ransom, and Rebecca Romjan, who portrays number one, are actually married in real life. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, this episode reveals that under Starfleet shipbuilding tradition, Any starship sharing the same name as its predecessor is constructed with a piece of that vessel, assuming it shares the name at that time. Hmm. Because at this point in time, we are fully aware that the Enterprise NX-01, the Hmm. Archer's ship from Star Trek Enterprise, is at the Fleet Museum. Yes. It is also, not that this has come up in this episode, is the refit version that was going to be made for Season 5 of enterprise which never got made Hmm. but that's the version we see in picard season three Ah. so just throwing that out there and that brings me finally to the end of all the trivia for this i am curious as to your thoughts one word Riker. (laughs) oh my god especially since he directed this The Fun right. fact that was in that was not in the script. It was improv. It was improv. <laughs> yes, I, I watched the uh, the the special. Oh, the, re- the ready room. The ready room. That was hilarious. It was like I saw that. I was like, I, I saw the I saw that clip before I saw the episode. I was like, why does he say Riker? And then they say, oh, he John- does the Riker maneuver. He does the Riker maneuver. Jonathan Franks was directing, and it was like, oh, that makes more sense. And this entire episode, I was giggling beyond belief. I was like, like few minutes in, I'm like, what in the world's going on? And literally, like he said earlier, I literally stopped the episode. I'm like, jaw dropped, geeking out beyond belief. I'm like, one, who the heck is this number one character? What what is this big thing that Boiler is geeking out about? Two, is this person who I think is related to Khan? And he's like, yes. I was like, oh, I, I answered your second question. Yes. I did not answer your first because yeah. it's revealed later, which is a very good thing. Right. And, and at the same time, I was like, how do I answer that? Cause you're not going to know who this character is. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, I enjoyed the mess out of this episode because they're again, watching the three seasons of yeah, lower we, decks. Yes. I've literally become a fan of this, you know, this series. And so watching it, having these characters come to life 
was a treat. It was so much fun. And me like not knowing a thing about Star Trek, uh, Strange New Worlds, not really knowing a lot about it. All I know is I know who Pike is because I've heard of him. Be like, I know who Spock is. Spock threw me for the biggest slip because there again, I didn't know anything prior to this. Because I'll be like, I'll be like, I was like born like, what so, the heck is going on? So Spock I, is smiling. He's grinning. He's laughing. This is not Spock. So I did fail to mention what Spock's storyline has been. Yes. So why don't I go over that real quick? Okay, really quick. So. In the original series episode, A Mock Time. Okay. The one where Kirk fights Spock with giant yeah. Q-tip things with blades on them. Mm -hmm. They're there because uh, Spock is going through what's known as Ponfar, which is when Vulcans yes. get a little antsy, yes, let's say, yes, every seven Ponfar. years. Every seven years. And uh, he is going to meet with his mates to... Relieve the pressure, let's say. Ponfar. Ponfar, yes. <laughs> I've watched Star Trek 3. Okay, okay. So, in that episode, she dumps him like a hot sack of potatoes. Okay? Uh, poor Spock. <laughs> poor Spock, but here's the thing. Throughout Strange New Worlds, they are still engaged. Really? Yes, and she's appeared on a couple episodes. Oh, This, this okay. character has. Uh, not to get too much into it, but in this universe, especially the character is a, uh, uh, not a jailer. That would be the wrong term, but she's a rehabilitationist for wayward Vulcans. Okay. Her, uh, one, one of her charges is Spock's half brother. Really? We haven't actually got to meet him yet, but we did see a behind the ears shot. If you catch my meaning. They're referencing five. Yes. Ah! <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that in there. Okay. And um, scary. <laughs> in an episode previous to this called Charades. Okay. An episode in which Ethan Peck deserves an Emmy Award because in the episode, Spock, well, Spock and uh, Chapel get uh, caught in a weird space time thing you know how this goes time line. yeah and uh the alien creatures they meet on the other side think that spock's messed up and while well, he's unconscious and they're trying to heal him and they since the his companion was human they thought he was they human. thought he, he was, was supposed to be human, human so they tried to heal him and make him human so he is human throughout the rest of the episode the problem is they're right outside Vulcan because Spock Frack. is needing to do a uh, special ceremony. Yeah. For, you know, their engagement. Yeah. He fails to let his uh, fiance in on uh, his issue. And he's trying to pretend to be Vulcan in order to get everything done. The rest of the time, though, he is experiencing humanity like nobody's business. Oh. She, not to get too much into it, but let me put it this way. There's a point in this episode where Ethan Peck is not just playing Spock. He's playing human Spock, trying to pre be, pretend to be Vulcan Spock, 
and throughout the episode you bo- he is you can see the, the, the acting his he's not just playing spock yeah as he normally would in that instance he is literally playing human spock pretending to be spock wow so like i said that's why he deserves an emmy because that's an amazing acting performance and it's probably going to go unnoticed which will piss me off mm. but <laughs> at the end of that episode uh when his fiance finds out about the issues and is troubled that he did not confide this to her so they could get through it together. She suggests that they spend some time apart. And since, you know, relations have been kind of growing between uh, Chapel and Spock, but it's been kind of held back because, you know, Spock's got other mm-hmm. trying to be the good boyfriend, basically. Yeah. Uh since they're apart, it just only seems logical <laughs> to sow your wild oats. Got it. Got let's it. Let's say they Roger. don't actually show anything. There's not. Oh. It's not like that. This is still. This, it's not. This is not uh, discover, discovery where it's like we're just going to show you as much as we can legally get away with. Though we're going to keep it tasteful. <laughs> we don't actually get to see anything, but they obviously have a relationship. And as they say in this episode, she is influencing him. But she can't influence him forever. Wow, that makes sense now. Yeah. I was like, because like walking into the episode. Yeah, all you had was that last time on Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And I got to thinking, like looking at that when we rewatched the episode and trying to think, what would this look like if you have not seen any of the rest of these episodes? It tells you nothing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I'll be I'm like boiler, be like, and be like, he gets there. And all you see is Spock grin. I'm like, what the heck? And they intentionally give you the creepiest camera oh, angle yeah, exactly. on him. Big, it's like white grin. It's like, uh, what the heck? Because <laughs> there'd be like, I'm pulling Boimler. It's like, oh, boy. <laughs> and the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the Boimler Spock thing where they're trying to recreate the, uh, the <laughs> compound. Yes. Was great! Oh my gosh! I think Sparks Spock calmly walked away. Says, "It's Sparks. This is supposed to work." No, I suggest you find cover immediately. (laughs) (laughs) It was great! Oh my gosh! Like like (sighs) Jack Quaid. Me like obviously he voices Boimler, but when when he becomes Boimler, like everything, his motions and everything in his run is like it's Boimler to a T. Yeah. What I love about this is a good thing about both Mariner and Boimler's performance yeah. in this is they are very believable as the same oh, yeah, yeah, characters, absolutely. which means that but both um, Tawny Newsome and yeah. Jack Quaid studied how yeah. their characters were animated. Yeah, to immediately recre- be able to recreate how they walked, how they talked, their mannerisms, mm-hmm. everything. They are totally believable. As those characters agreed, agreed. Another thing I want to touch on is how, when the lower decks characters are involved, it is very much feels like a lower decks episode. It, oh my god! When we're focusing on the Strange New World characters, it's an episode of Strange New World. Yeah, it's like this is a perfect crossover. It feels like an episode of both shows. Yeah, including having <laughs> having Boimler say when he first shows up, and there's the first words out of his mouth is. Wow, you guys look very realistic. <laughs> or or the uh the line where they're they're in like I think it's the ready room 
where it's like you have Bormler and Mariner, mm-hmm. and the I think it's Spock, Spock or somebody says it, where it's like it's like they're like they're, they're like they're talking in slow motion. They're talking in slow motion or something like that. They're and talking their own language, and then the other says, "You notice how they talk in weirdly specific references?" There we go. There we go. I was like, "Oh, this is so great!" And be like, uh, like him and the uh, uh what is the uh, oh crap, what's her name? Uh, she has a short haircut. Uh, Ortegas? Yeah, Ortegas. Would be like they're talking or about the time. time uh, I mean. No, they're they're talking about the uh, the the time travel. You know, be like you know talk about time travel. We don't do time yeah, that's travel. That's Laon. Alana, and uh, Laon. Alon. And uh, anyway. because it'd be like, yeah, you don't talk about things. And he's like, oh, Worf. <laughs> oh, Worf. Dang it! <laughs> Dang it! Oh crap! Never mind. Don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> or when he walks into on Mariner and that shuttlecraft is holy cute. Like, don't talk about that. They haven't met him yet. <laughs> and I'm sitting oh here my going, gosh. you can't watch this if you don't know anything about Star, Star Trek. Trek. <laughs> Strange New Worlds is your is your entrance yeah. to Star Trek. This episode, you're screwed. <laughs> you're so, oh my gosh. Because there's, there's so, so much. There's so much stuff going on. And it's just like beat by beat by beat. And it's like, okay, we 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 we've we figured out we can send Boimler back. And of course, who shows up? Oh, Mariner. Mariner shows up. Because I'm thinking, I was like, oh, the episode's over. I checked the it bar. Like it's halfway, halfway over. Like, oh, no. oh, great. What's, what are this? And one of the best scenes I saw is like we we get to the the episode the the point of the episode where Mariner and Boimler are talking with Pike and yeah. Pike's cooking apparently Pike cooks yeah Pike cooks in this okay so we we get his moment where he's talking about something about the future and he knows the future in some capacities and he talks to her about his father and all yeah that I failed stuff. to mention that in his short stint on as the captain of the Discovery in Discovery season two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when he got a vision of his future. So he's oh. aware of Melty Face. Oh. Oh. So. Yeah. Yeah. So be like, there's, and he, be like, he's like, he points out the things like everybody says about Boimler or Mariner. It's like, you guys are nothing but trouble. <laughs> like, e- like every turn, it's like, you're doing something to mess things up. <laughs> it's like, I'm watching a bunch of toddlers. I turn around and they're going to break something. Exactly. <laughs> It's like your cartoons or something. <laughs> but uh, I, I love this episode. It's so deep and so rich. And I was geeking out because I posted on, I think, one of our uh, our pages or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I posted that. I was like, oh, my gosh, I am geeking out. I don't geek out that much about things. But this made me geek out. And there again, there again, walking into Star Trek uh, Strange New Worlds, not knowing a thing about it, like Boimler, that Spock is smiling and he's in this relationship with the doctor? Nurse. Nurse. She is technically a nurse, but she yeah. uh, she is working on her doctorate in archaeological medicine. Oh, okay. So aka what we get when we go to the hospital. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. 20th century medicine, basically. Oh, okay. That makes more sense what McCoy said in four. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thanks roy <laughs> stone knives and bear skins i'm <laughs> kidding but uh yeah this is an amazing episode this was such a treat to watch 
uh, running up to Star Trek Lower Decks. Did I say it? Trek? Yes. Star Trek Lower Decks Season 4. And uh, it makes me want to watch Strange New Worlds and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because all I've heard was terrible stuff about Discovery. Discovery is... Okay, let me give my quick rundown on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Discovery Seasons 1 three and what i've watched four because i've never i haven't finished four yet is not my favorite star trek show I, in my opinion it is about on the same level as five whoa it's just not a good show in my opinion okay the fact that it's gone on this long i really don't understand now season two is good because of anson mount mm. and uh the fact that we actually get Ethan Peck, Spock, initially. The best thing coming out of those episodes is uh, Anson Mount as as Pike, Ethan Peck as Spock, and uh, Rebecca Romjan in her short appearances in that in that in that season uh, as uh, number one. And good night when the Enterprise first shows up, mm-hmm. and that it's like Ooh, it's beautiful. <laughs> but th- th- okay, but. Uh, Discovery season two, I will admit, is the only one of these Star Trek of this only episode of Discovery where I was sitting there watching what was going on and they're typing in a bunch of numbers and I'm going, I recognize those numbers. Why do I recognize those numbers? Three seconds later, I knew it. <laughs> and the very next episode, I'll, I'll admit, it's the planet from the cage. Oh, okay. And, uh, the very next episode, you know, how every other, uh, you know, how all stuff says last time on Star Trek Discovery. Yes. This one was last time on Star Trek, and they showed clips from the cage for that spot, so you'd remember what the crap was going on. <laughs> it's silly, but I was like, actually, I love this. This is fun, <laughs> because we were doing fun stuff again. Yeah. And we actually got for uh, the characters from the cage that were on the planet. We get this. It's different actors, of course, but th- they get to come back and set everything up. It's a cool season, even though I hate, I think they took the easy way out when it comes to time travel mechanics. Yeah. Cause literally it's time crystals. Okay. What the crap are time crystals? We don't know. And they never explain it. It's like, this is star Trek. You're allowed to use techno babble. You invented the thing. <laughs> I'm crystals. Yes. But anyway, uh, back to this episode that yes. we're actually supposed to be reviewing. Uh, this is one of the, this is the episode I'd been looking forward to all season. Mm-hmm. And so granted every episode I watched up to this point, it started off with a couple of minutes of, is this the episode? Is this the episode? Is this the episode? Oh, it's not the episode okay let's see what this episode is (laughs) that kind of thing and so when i finally when um because that's that's the thing uh the week of comic-con yeah is when this came out i had just got done watching the episode right before this friday comes along everything's okay saturday comes along uh we did something sad that Saturday. I don't remember what it was. It's something, something. Yeah. And I, I'm back at home. It's the afternoon. Uh, I was, I remember I was actually waiting for my D and D game to start. Yeah. And, uh, I was just playing around on, you know, Final Fantasy 14 and a, my Facebook messenger went off 
and it was a group of Star Trek people I've been talking to over the course of the past couple of months. And it was just a simple phrase. The Lower Decks crossover has been dropped. Close, close, close. Amazon Prime. Paramount Plus app on Amazon Prime. I'm going to watch this before they realize their error and take it off. Because I was convinced they had released it early really? by mistake. Right. They didn't, and I didn't care because, and I'm not kidding. I am watching this, and I send to them. I get to the end of the opening sequence. I pause it, and I get on the text. I send to them. It's like, you know, I'm only at the end of the sequence, but this, but already, I am for this. This is a lot of fun. This is actually better than I was hoping it would be. I look up, and I see the koala, <laughs> and I busted out laughing. It's like, okay. Okay, they 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 are they are going full bore with this. Let's see how this is, is going to be one of two things. Because this is always what it was going to be. It's either going to be amazing or it's going to be a train wreck. Just got to find out which one it's going to be. Yeah. And admittedly, I'd watched that entire opening sequence in the lower decks uh, style, and I know for a fact all they did was they took the model from the openings in the animation from the opening sequence of strange new worlds and through new tech through uh cell textures on it yeah i know that's all they did but i was sitting there watching oh if there was ever proof we need a serious star trek animated series this is it because it looks a oh, freaking amazing and then the episode starts and I'm watching it go. And there was a couple things where I was like, okay, this is going a little too fast. I was thinking at first the episodes, the the styles were not gelling. But when I went back and watched it a second time, I was like, I'm thinking too hard about this. This is great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All the little things, especially when he finally gets down there and talks to Paleo. He says, and she says, of course, a finely tuned warp core is a thing of beauty. It's like, Boimler, you're welcome. Of course, this is not the warp core you're seeing because this is still the horizontal one, not the vertical one. But because <laughs> the vertical one's not really doesn't show up until the uh, Constitution class refit for motion picture. Uh huh. But the whole thing, I was watching, and then they and I, admittedly he mentioned that thing about the material and the fact that the NX01 hull was made out of it. Yeah. And I thought that's going to be important. And then I forgot about it until they said, where are we going to get more of this techno babble material? I don't remember the name of it yeah. now. And I go, are they going to the fleet museum? That's a little far. And he goes, oh, wait, I remember when we went to the fleet museum, they said this thing about, it's like, okay, y'all just made that up for this episode. I know you did. <laughs> and I don't care. I love the idea. I absolutely love the idea that somewhere on the Enterprise A is a piece of the regular Enterprise. Has to be. I know mm -hmm. the ship blew up, but there's got to be some piece of it hanging around somewhere they can use. Right. And then the A is a piece of the A is in the B, piece of the B is in the C, and a piece of the C is in the D, and a piece of the D is in the E. But I just love the idea. It's like a part of history is always going along with the Enterprise. So it is in a way still the same ship mm. even though the nx01 got burned up to send boimler and mariner back and back to the future because they used the whole freaking piece yeah it's like don't do that now you're gonna have to go back to the fleet museum and steal a piece off of it <laughs> but anyway yeah 
this episode is just so much fun to watch and it does uh, like i said it does a good job of for the moments it needs to feel like a lower decks episode it does an excellent job there when it needs to be a strange new worlds episode it does a good job there it marries these two separate elements together and then you get to the last scene yes 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 yes. and it's like okay this is the one time you're gonna let the strange new worlds guys actually do lower decks shenanigans yes i'm not against it no though i will point out that is the first time lower decks has done something in this continuity Hmm. even though it's not proven that there's a separate continuity yet Hmm. i need to explain some uh, fan theory I think because uh, because of time travel shenanigans in enterprise, this may be a slightly parallel universe to the TOS era. Okay. And Star Trek, the original series uh, show. Got it. It's we're not to it yet. Obviously they're yeah. not concurrent, but then this might be the other reason why the Abrams verse starts off looking so different from the original series also. Okay. But that's all fan theory because the reality of what all the stuff that they did to make that happen is just so they have an excuse to keep current actual history in line with Star Trek's fictional history. Yeah. Either way, I kind of went off on a weird tangent there. My yeah. apologies. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed this episode. It's yeah. fun. If you enjoy Star Trek, you need to go watch this. Uh, I don't. It, I, from what I have seen, there may be some connection in Lower Decks going forward. Maybe. We'll see. But, uh, yeah. Do you have anything before we cut out of here? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't wait for season four. All right. Well, in the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterbox page at G. George 759. His Twitter at G. George 759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at the Cellcast Podcast, on Twitch at the Cellcast Gaming, on YouTube at Cellcast, on Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L. Yeah.